everybody, welcome to another episode. On the show this week, you've got Mark Cowell, Rob Strachan, Martin Navarro, and myself giving you our best HBO drama. We asked four simple questions when we made our picks. We wanted to know if production cost had anything to do with it. Writer-director, did they have anything to do with it? Is that why it's so awesome? Was it straight, strictly the casting that had to do with why you love this show so much? Or is it just how it makes you feel, the overall impression you get? Do you carry it into your everyday life? Do you quote it a lot? Do you put it on a T-shirt? Do you constantly talk to people about it and go down rabbit holes? How does it affect your real everyday life? So we've got four picks for you for drama. Then we end the show with four picks with comedy. That's what you're going to hear this week, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to continue this series. We're going to do Prime. We're going to do Disney+. Plus. We're going to do HBO+. And we're going to do Netflix. And we're going to bounce around until we've chewed through everything that's humanly possible to watch right now. Uh, no news is good news. We've got no live dates coming up yet. We're still kind of playing with this fourth wave of COVID, as is everybody else. So when we know, you'll know. As for that, all the OGs, all the original listeners, you can head on into the proverbial theater, so to speak. Show's about to begin. For you new people who've pressed play for the first time, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you, the ones that rolled the dice and said, who are these guys with the weird logo? Thank you so much for listening. If you want to support the show, the easiest way to do so is just to subscribe when you're done. Go to your podcast player, hit subscribe. We'll show up each week. The work is done. Thank you for doing that. But if you want to push it just a little bit further and you've got some couch cushion change kicking around or you need a new hoodie, we've got a prop shop. We've got a donation tab. All the money that you throw at us, be it a way of a T-shirt or, or a donation, goes back into production costs. The labor of love requires a little bit of bucks to do it. We get to blame you in the end if you decide to donate some money to our cause. And if you do, there's a tier system there. So go check it out. Hit the tab. One, three, and five dollar max. That's it. No more than five dollars. We won't accept it. We'll give it back to you. You're crazy. Uh, that's it. That's all. Oh, the top ten. So if this is your first time and you've never listened to the show before, we like to thank you guys for doing all the heavy lifting to say, you know what? Hey, we recognize you. We see you because we see these little download spikes happen all the time. So without any further ado, Rio Rancho coming in at number 10, Washington, Null, San Jose, Smithers, British Columbia, Vancouver, British Columbia, Concord, North Carolina, Boardman, and then the top two spots as always because Winnipeg just can't get enough of us, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Again, we love it when you listen, but these are just the places that are standing around a water cooler or sending a link to their friends to be like, listen to these fucking assholes. They're funny. So either way, we thank you. I got nothing else. I'll cue the real. You enjoy the show. Let's tidy up this tangle of film by putting it on a reel. Here is a motion picture film. A thousand feet. 16,000 separate photographs. Welcome, everyone. I want to let everybody know what our measuring stick here is. Uh, first things first, we're going to be talking about... The Jeff Bezos rocket. Yes, exactly. <laughs> How many Jeff Bezos rockets? How many Jeff measure? Jeff Bezos fully <laughs> erect phallic-shaped rockets does this get? Filled to the brim with fuel. Filled to the brim. So from six to twelve. Okay, what's your scale? What's your measurements here? My measurements are uh, how well were you? How, how invested were you in the characters? Okay. Kay. How invested were you in the story? Okay. The production value all around. Okay. Okay. And the casting. Okay. Oh, okay. Those are our four choices. This is where, how we're going to measure our picks. Now, ladies and gentlemen, can you repeat that one more time. For sure, me? I can. I can tell you it is how invested in the characters were you? Okay. How invested in the story were you? Okay. Production value, casting. Don't ask me to do it again. It's already left. Okay. All right. I got it. So uh, you can't just pick characters, one. story, production, casting. Exactly. 
I got it. Character, story, production, casting. Now it's a dance. So that's what we're going to do. And, and, and you can't just pick one. So we're, we're doing our favorite. We're going to do a actual segment on HBO drama. And then our next thing, whether it's another hour-long show, whether it's a half hour, whatever, comedy, documentary, whatever, what have you, we're going to we're gonna go through two and we're going to quiz those and see what The lighter come. side of HBO. Exactly, yeah. Because HBO ah, is, I think, I like pre- that. predominantly known for drama. Like comedy is their for- secondary. But they do great comedy. Are they now? Well, I think it's equal now. I definitely think it's a fi- almost. They a were known for stand up for the longest time. It was boxing and stand up to start. Yeah. We were talking about this. What's the first everybody? What's the first HBO show that you remember? Sopranos. Um, Oz. Oz. I, I, that was, I remember watching that as a high school kid. Was I was like, it was HBO. Oz, Oz was HBO. Yeah, so early HBO. It just yeah. HBO wasn't available in Canada at the time, so oh. it, I think it was we on, got Showcase. on Showcase. Showcase, you have to watch it on Showcase. But yeah, they they produced it. Um, Sopranos too was my first one. There was this show called Dream On, half hour sitcom from like way back in the day when it used to be on like First Choice, which like the old movie channel, and it was about a dude that was raised basically raised on TV, and it interjected like tv lines in his regular life and it was just a dude like growing up bad relationships everything else but it was referenced back to old tv shows that were even before that look it up it's good worth the watch who do you, i'm gonna look Who? nobody that you would even recognize really what year? Mark, do you remember oh god like 90s 80s like way the fuck back dream on I, I just have Aerosmith's song that's repeating exactly in my head right now. And you know the big, so the <laughs> HBO, how it starts at the beginning where it kind of, the fuzzy screen and it goes, like whatever yeah. TV turning on, that was from Dream On basically originally. Oh, I remember this show. Yeah. It, it, I, I, I'm not like 100% familiar with it, but like, uh, there you go. Look at, look at, there's your cast. Like it, it looks like I, I've seen it. Like I've seen it around, but yes. I don't remember watching it. What year? Did it say it was? Um, Looks like an 89. Like it's 87. It way the fuck back. 90. 19, 1990, first episode. Marta Kaufman, David Crane, Kevin S. Bright, John Landis, Jeff Greenstein. Perfect. Writers. Can we discuss what we want to talk about? Yes, we Kay. totally can. <laughs> Do you want to go first, Rob? <laughs> I feel he wants to. Rob, you get to go first. So tell I get us. to go first yeah. today? Yeah. Oh, so wow. um, you're going to present. Mm-hmm. You're going to mm-hmm. tell us why. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, and we're just going to shoot the shit and compare yeah. all these yeah. things. Yeah. And then we're going to measure in the- so, I, you know, and I just want to say this collectively, you know, yeah. disclaimer out there to all of our listeners. I know some of you are going to be like, I can't believe you didn't fucking choose this ep- this one. Yeah. yeah. These are just the four that we decided to go with. There is other dramas out there on HBO that are uh, phenomenal. These are just the four that we decided to go with. Exactly. There's you, for sure a couple that could have been oh, absolutely. just as easy. Absolutely. It just there's only four of us on the, on the discussion yeah. today and there's just so much goodness out there with HBO that you just you had to, we had to choose something. We exactly. Great point. This mm-hmm. is our best, but it's not the best. No, not necessarily because yeah. everyone perf- likes different genres a little bit more, different, you know, themes yeah. and you know, that's the beauty of HBO is that they're very open with the content that they'll basically explore. So what I chose was arguably the greatest cop show of all fucking time. Agreed. After it the is, shield. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it is so good, in fact, okay, that since I watched it years ago, anytime I watch any other cop drama, I start watching it, and I just fucking turn it off because it's not the fucking wire. 
So pure and simple. First of all, premise of the story. Give us a quick synopsis. It is basically the story of it's. It starts off season one is really talking about cops and gangsters. It it takes place in in Baltimore, uh, Maryland, which is you know Raven no, suck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's you know Baltimore's known for having you know very high crime and those types of things. And the 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 greatest thing about this show is it was the first time where a drama really dwelled in and kind of explored it from both sides so well and how those two worlds are intersecting but like the characters actually don't meet very often but they know so much about each other and the and the varying levels of storylines that all intertwine and work together and you've got you know that first season McNulty and they really explore his character and the thing about the wire is you the first three episodes aren't that easy to watch no it, it takes till about episode four or five, and then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what the fuck? I am now truly invested in these characters. But it takes it takes that few hours to get into it. And that's why there's a lot of people that they've just heard that The Wire is so good, but they've never given it that college try because there is that little bit of that hurdle for entry. And I respect the creators for that because they were almost trying to say, you're not fucking good enough to deserve watching our fucking Ooh. awesome show. We're actually going to put you off a little bit the first couple episodes and not have some ding dangling carrot. We're going to make you, you know, work to deserve how good the payoff Long of this show strokes, is. That's right. right. None of this quick but, and dirty shit. But the other great thing is you've got five different seasons that each f- come to a finale that is so perfect each time. Yes. And each episode brings in more characters and at a new level right in the second season you talk you brings in you know the greek mafia and the longshoremen and the and the corruption of that and then you go into the third season and you know avon city hall Hall is the third season that's where city hall starts coming on and avon gets out of prison and then he ends up betraying stringer bell and stringer bell is still like one of the greatest fucking villains ever in a fucking cop show easily you know, then you go into season four, and season four starts dwelling into the public school system and how that interrelates to the cops and crime and this and that. And then finally, with season five, they bring in the newspaper facet of it. So you're examining all these different things that work into the police state or whatever you want to refer well, the, to it as. The, I think the main protagonist is heroin. If you really get down to That's it. That's a good way to look at it, actually. Ooh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because everybody's doing something for that money mm-hmm. and that money either in 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 drug form city hall politics mm-hmm. newspapers journalism what have you and i want to be the commissioner i want to be this i want to become mayor and and basically manipulating all this stuff around and that's why the writers did such a phenomenal job and i think i can't remember the guy who wrote who wrote the wire it's uh, it's eluding me right yeah, now if no, you want to no, look it up da- on imdb e. kelly uh no that's uh, sex in the city dude david uh, simon sorry my david bad. simon's um my favorite hbo <laughs> Are you a Carrie or are you Samantha? Um, but he, you know he was a he was a reporter for years, and that's why he had th- this this inside look at a lot of this stuff because I think he was um, like a city hall and a crime reporter for uh, I I don't know I believe it was actually in Baltimore, but don't quote me on that. I will. Here's what and, I can tell you: he did go on actual wiretaps, and mm-hmm. it took them over a year to get ready to write the show yeah. not because 
to his point, mm-hmm. and Martin, you can probably back us up on this too. You've seen The Wire too, right, Mark? I have not. Okay, so this will be. So I'm going to give you. Let me give you 20 seconds of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. my feeling on The Wire because I can't really contribute much else. I know it's an amazing show. I've mm-hmm. heard from so many people, and I've known for a long time that I want to watch it. But the reason that I haven't started is that I feel as though I need to to give it the time that it deserves, you like do. you said. So I don't want to casually start watching it when I know I don't have the time to commit to the seasons and get into it. It's so. the kind of show where you actually want to you need to put your phone away. You have to pay attention. Because if you don't pay attention, there's so many characters. It's like it's like Game of Thrones in a lot of respects. Yeah, it because is. Game of Thrones has a lot of characters. There's a lot of nuance, and there's the same thing with 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 that in the wire that your phone needs to be put away. And that's because, what I I realized yeah. that, and I, I it's so and high so, on my list, but mm-hmm. it's not the I'm not doing anything this Sunday. What am I gonna like? Well, I really need to commit to it. It's also five seasons. And, yeah, you know, that's yeah. a lot of commitment. 50, 50 episodes, right? Yeah, Thir- uh, 13, 13, 13 per season. Thirteen a season, yeah. Like back when HBO actually, you know, that's had a long lot seasons. of TV. Yeah, that's a, a lot, lot, man. And they're hour long episodes each, right? I think. Oh yeah, I. Yeah. Hour I, two, I think, on a lot of them. I, I called Mark yeah. a couple of weeks ago and was like, are you watching The Wire? Because I'm trying to watch The Wire, and I think we're overlapping our episodes on our Crave account. And I was like, I thought I watched that episode. No, it went too long. I must have fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. But, um, Martin, how many times have you watched this? Just once. I watched it once, and I, I, I'll say this about The Wire. Um, I love The Wire. It's a great series. Um, when Rob was talking about, like, it's probably the best cop drama, what got me into The Wire was episode one. I was hooked from the quote, Not The King Stays the King. Like the yes. king, the king is such a fucking brilliant. I'm a, I'm a sucker for good quotes, and that's a great quote. And I've always like for me, the wire. The best parts about it has always been the criminal aspect, just because right. I'm a big fan of the gangster genre. So just seeing that side of 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 the the pond, I guess, and seeing how that develops and what goes on with that, I thought it was that's what sold me. Well, we but, learned so many terms. Like I, I didn't know what a burner was until I watched the wire. Right? Like it's just, and it dwelled into facets of that newer technology at the time that really was captivating for a lot of people and like who doesn't fucking love omar like fucking that guy is such a fucking gangster he's robbing the gangsters all right yeah let's get into characters in this because yeah just and anybody stringer bell stringer bell fucking omar mcnulty is just the fucking you know pinnacle of the drunk like belligerent cop that gives too much of a shit about his job to the point where it actually affects his family and his friends and his relationships it's 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 so good they they just to kind of give mark some some context here they um this is it just elba's first big role right that is yeah yeah they use language that is only known by cops so when you watch Mm -hmm. it you have to know how cops speak mm-hmm. in Baltimore in the '90s on drug cases, and there's no—I don't think it's just Baltimore, like just but, cop, well, like, yeah, it, it's very, yeah. it's very specific to that to to that like uh, some of that unit of, yeah, of yeah, yeah, crime yeah. fighting. And to Major Rob's point, crimes. you you have to wait three seasons because then you are three episodes, well, well ver- three episodes, well three, ep- yeah, three episodes, three three seasons for the whole story to really start. Yeah, 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 together. yeah, yeah, yeah. But three episodes, you got to give it for the first season, totally. Um, but what you do get 
is you get this language and vernacular that then you're like, as soon as you catch it, you're like, oh, I know what they're talking about now. Mm -hmm. And then you feel like you're in on it, right? Mm -hmm. And you're in on the wiretaps and you're in on that side of, of what they're trying to but do. But there's almost it, two different languages too. Yeah. There's the one that the cops are using and then there's the one that the criminals are using, right? And the slang and the terminology and there's crossover between them, yep. but they're almost two separate things. I I I actually went to my phone like tons of times the first time I watched it. It was like, what is a This burner? sounds too much like work. Urban Dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, okay, so back, just I just wanted to mention that. But back to, to the casting. Yeah, you've got Dominic West, Jim McNulty, Michael K. Williams. You got fucking Omar little fingers in that shit. Little fingers in it. Yeah, Michael man. Jordan is in it. Yeah. He, oh, when wow. he was like 13. Yeah, he gets killed at the end of the first season. And Idris Elba. And to your point. To casting and characters alone, Idris Elba auditioned three times. Mm -hmm. Took them till the fourth time to catch his accent. Wow, that's it impressive. Took every casting agent in that room, and when they called him back the fourth time, they said, "Kate, we're going to give it to you, but you have to be straight with us." And then that's when he broke his English accent, and they were like, "Motherfucker, this guy!" I can did. I think act. I, I heard that. Yeah, it's, it's one of those fucking. Interview. It's one of those fucking. So shows. the opposite of Chris Helmsworth. <laughs> um, <laughs> pro like production value, Rob. Like what's. You know what? It's 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 gritty. It you know the first the first two seasons aren't HD because it was it was before HD. Yeah, yeah. So when you're watching it on Blu-ray or on DVD, it's in it's not Letterbox until I think season three, which mm -hmm. it drives me crazy because I hate watching stuff in four by three. But you know, um, you know, but it, the production value is making it gritty, is making it seem cheap, yeah. and it's all filmed on location in Baltimore, in these just, like, you know, desolate areas of certain neighborhoods and in these warehouses and stuff like that. And, you know, it's not filmed on a, on a, on a soundstage except for maybe some of the office scenes and some and yeah, court, right. courtyard yeah. scenes. It's filmed on location. So even though it doesn't have an $80 million production value like Game of Thrones that's filmed in fucking Malta and has fucking CGI dragons, um, you know, compared to a regular network show... It's it's budget and production value is very high. It sounds like it's the perfect genre and subject matter for that style of Boom. gritty total production. Yeah, because it doesn't require CGI. It doesn't require. And if going it looked pretty, Ireland. it wouldn't be good. No, it's really, supposed to be right? great. Yeah. And most of the sh most of the d almost uh, I don't know what it is. Almost every single scene, it's oh, it's fucking overcast, except for a few times where it's sunny. Like it's just, but I I feel like they almost do that on purpose to just play up the dreariness of it. I couldn't agree with you more. I've I've watched it twice now, just because I watched it the first time and I was like, okay, now I want to go back in and be like, get some like, get mm -hmm. real meta with it and shit. Uh, but it it pulls you in because it's then the story, and Martin, correct me if I'm wrong here, but like season one is the story of a ragtag group of cops who all get in shit for something. Mm -hmm. They're mm -hmm. all like, rejects and they're put together to form a unit. That unit is designed to then go after. Avon Barksdale, who mm -hmm. nobody knows who this criminal is, but he's got the biggest fucking section of corners and selling heroin. The next season is the dock workers. It's the dock workers and the Greek mm -hmm. mafia side. Yep. With the prostitutes in the sea can. That's Correct. the major plot. Yeah. Then the third season is the city. And what happens between the first and the third season is each of them is its own separate entity. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, Simon was like, okay, I'm going to tie all of these guys yep. back in. Which is dope. Five, which gets <clears throat> so fucking dope. Yep. So and then it climaxes at the end with Stringer Bell getting shot, and you're actually you're so upset about that. Well, no, it's been twenty fucking years, dude. We're we're allowed to. That's do, not even the end of the fucking. Yeah, movie. yeah, you're fine. And because you're actually you're actually 
like he's he plays Stringer Bell so well. He's an anti-hero on the point where you're, he's like you're like you're a fucking terrible like brutal criminal, but I still want you to win. Yeah. And then he does it. Scarface. It's like a Scarface thing. Totally. Right? You're you're so upset that Avon betrays him and you're just like fuck cuz he's so good at what he does. He's like taking business classes and shit, so you can like get good at running the business. But then Avon ruins it because it's all about respect and like you know who is the who has the. It's biggest, a co-op. It's basically who's got the biggest dick. That's what Avon's yeah. about. And then Stringer Bell's like, no, I want as much money as possible so I can get the fuck out of this. Yeah, let's pool our resources totally and make a fucking co-op totally. Well, he he, what Stringer Bell did was what I guess what a lot of gangster movies tried. Like a lot of the plots of a lot of gangster movies was was how do we make this business legitimate. So that we don't get busted for doing what we're doing anymore. You know, that's the end game. Like, no one wants to, like, but some people just want to be gangsters forever. And that's what Avon Barksdale wanted to be. Yeah, he wants to make lots of money and wanted to be the biggest, but he still wanted, he wanted to everyone to know that he was the gangster and he was the man. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so we got story. Well, I'm going to have to watch it. Then season four yeah. brings in the public school and you start bringing in those teenage boys and that all ties in. And then season five, oh, like I said, right. brings in the fucking newspaper. It it is and brings in more city hall stuff and five, brings in more the state government yeah, and stuff. It's yeah, five dimensions of mm-hmm. cop life. Totally over seven long fucking amazing years. All right, so we got production value. We got check that. Uh, we got characters. We got casting. We already talked about that. We got cast well, characters. We talked about the story. The story. Okay. Yeah, story. Yeah. So everything. I feel. Yeah. Okay. We can check that box for sure. Uh, Mark, considering yes. everybody, we've all seen stuff here except this one thing. I don't want to leave you in the corner. So, what? What's your pick? So we can get to our top four. Like, what do you? What oh, you what did in? I go with? Yeah. Well, I went with sort of the obvious. Actually, I was because I, I had already known the two that you and Martin were were talking about, which uh, I'm not familiar with Martin's pick at all. It's it's a non- so. Yeah, yeah. I needed to decide: Am I gonna am I gonna put forward The Sopranos, like the original great mm-hmm. HBO drama, or Game of Thrones? And Game of Thrones just was a worldwide phenomenon mm-hmm. that I had to go Game of Thrones. Makes sense. It's an, the the obvious choice, but it's obvious for a reason. Which is okay. Let's start with what reason number one. Which is, is production value off the fucking charts. Most budget's huge. Right? Show ever made. It's it's their movies. <laughs> Each episode is a fucking movie. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, nobody had seen the likes, and we still haven't really seen the likes of that production value, except maybe some of the Disney Plus, like Marvel stuff, now is getting into that high level production it's value. Still, but, but it's still dwarfed yes, by the budget. 100%. First season, well, $80 million. When Lord of the Rings comes out for Prime, yeah. there we go. That's so, right, you're looking at the the characters, obviously. Characters of Game of Thrones are Huge. highly, highly compelling, mm-hmm. and and like you're talking about, there's so many storylines going that there's a character for everybody, mm-hmm. right? Whether you like the the conniving, uh, you know, backstabbing like Littlefinger and um, Cersei's, and well, Cersei's, yeah, for sure. Later on, um, you know, or whether you like the innocent kind of characters, right? Uh, Sansa Stark's Sansa Stark and her like her character arc in the in the show is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Even Arya's character arc is mm-hmm. is pretty amazing. Uh. You get really invested in the characters. I think right from the start. Um. And and I think that they're it's cast Especially well. Especially Ned Stark. It's cast well in the sense. Yeah. You really love Ned Stark. Um. I think it's cast well in the sense that, um, shows like that there was no character that 
was in the show that I looked at and I knew them from another show. So they looked like Sean Bean was the only somebody one. else. Sean, yeah, Sean Bean. But I didn't really know him from anywhere else. Lord of the Rings. I don't care about Lord of the Rings that much. So Gold Boromir. Boromir. <laughs> I just don't care that much. Okay. He was also in that uh, what was that movie with Robert De Niro where he um Ronin. He was in Ronin as well. Okay, well, I'm just telling you. He was you also that... very, very, very good in uh, a certain 007 movie. You clearly but, need to suck more Sean Bean dick. But in. look at the yeah. <laughs> but look at the main characters, right? Mm-hmm. They're that they are gonna be that character for as long as it happens. You're you're not gonna see Amelia Clark and not see Daenerys, no. right? True. Unfortunately, yeah. th- that's a curse and a blessing or for Peter, her. Or Peter Dinklage in Tyrion. Right. Exactly. How do you how do you see that? How do you see Jamie Lannister as anybody but Jamie Lannister? Really. Um, and, and, uh, like Arya and Sansa's character, like I was watching fucking, uh, X-Men and I'm just like, that's Sansa. Like it'll, a good, a good character lasts forever. Unfortunately, that character who's that actor's playing is also attacked. Like it's, it's that. It's like watching Connery in fucking the rock and just seeing James Bond there. Yeah. Like you do see aspects of it and and I think But that's good writing. I think it's cast well that they were great actors for those parts but they weren't you weren't trying to make somebody something that they they weren't. Um like they weren't taking the fucking rock and inserting them in, you know, like those kind of things. They weren't big name actors and they became big names because of yeah, the no, show. I, the I rock mean, could have been the mountain. Though. Like even we were talking earlier <laughs> Pedro Pascal who has been in yeah. so many things, he still is Oberon Martel to me. Right, I can't look at him and not think, oh, that's. Can I just say that that's something I think? What to Mark's point, that's something HBO does a lot with their shows. They'll cast like these kind of really people with talent, but people you don't know very well in movies, like that you can't identify. Like every show that I think we bring up today does that in a sense. Mm-hmm. Most of them do anyway. Did the, the wire? It, it, it creates. It creates. Like it, it turns these people into stars and gives them yeah. an opportunity. Like to I haven't watched The Wire, stuff. but I know that Idris Elba is Stringer Bell mm-hmm. just because that's Cultural who fabric. he is, right? Yeah. But then before that, you didn't know who Idris Elba was before The Wire. No. It, and I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Right. I didn't. He doesn't. He wasn't a character to me. He wasn't. I. He wasn't synonymous with something else. He mm-hmm. wasn't like to me. The first thing I ever saw Idris Elba in was Luther. Yeah. Right. And so he's always that little bit of Luther to me as a character. Mm-hmm. Which is like fifteen years later. Like when yeah. you think about the time in between, like for for a character like Stringer Bell and for all of us to love him so much, and then look at his resume and how long it took him to get back into the fucking game. I digress. So that I, I mean, obviously the casting is fantastic as yes. far as that goes. Not necessarily taking Jason great, Momoa is uh, right. Yeah, like Jason Drogo. Momoa. Holy fuck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nobody knew him when he was fucking Khal Drago. Like he was Khal Drago. Yeah, no, you're totally uh, right. Now he's Aquaman. You know, it, it, it's Conan. It's pretty cool seeing those people and 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 the cat. Whoever did the casting did it correct. They didn't bring in a big name for the sake of bringing in a big name. Well, they didn't have the budget for it, right? <laughs> they they needed more dragons. Uh, <laughs> Five million first yeah. season, fifteen million last season per episode. So I mean, obviously the story wow. is obviously compelled. Like I mean. You, there's no arguing that. No. And I mean, for those of you who don't know, Martin, <laughs> want to give a quick synopsis of the books for everybody? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> quick <just> synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this all day. I was like, how do you well, fire, pretty, fire versus the, ice? Yeah. Yeah. The, well, the books are like, season one is pretty on point with the books. But then after that, the show takes a life of its own and kind of branches up and does its own thing and focuses on different characters. Like, there's a lot of characters in the books that you don't meet at all 
because it's because they don't have time. There's so many characters in the books that you miss a lot of of that in the show is what I find. And also one thing that the books do really well is they do a lot of really cool history stuff. Like you really get to know where Ned Stark's sword ice came from, like his big Valyrian blade. Like that's, you get the history of that. You get the history of Daenerys's horse as well, the white horse that she got from Khal Drogo on the wedding night. Like you get to know where that came from and the significance of that, stuff like that, which I still recommend the books over the series if, oh, yeah. if you're a fan of it. What I found myself doing was I loved the show so much that when something happened, I like not reading the books, but I would go and read like the fan wikis about all the history of that particular mm-hmm. thing, like the history of the wall and the, yeah. the Night's Watch. And, you know, and George R. R. Martin created this world that is so vast that they go into like um, like with the Targaryens. They're they're like four generations back of Targaryens and the stories of this battle that occurred back in this like, holy shit, like he created generational stories for them 40 generations. and all that like all the stuff that you read on the wikis is all in the books like yeah, everything okay. in there is mentioned in the books so i found it in bits and pieces like pulled from the books and the canon which to me was great because i'm that type of person that i get introduced something and then i want to just go down the rabbit hole and learn everything there is about the like when i found out about the like the tower like the potential uh, uh who was um uh, Rhaegar Targaryen, right? Yeah. That whole storyline. I read so much and so many fan theories and so much background. Like it was just the Tower big... of Joy. Did you mean that? The Tower of yeah, Joy. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then the scene came and then they actually had the scene in the show. I was like, holy fuck. Like I didn't expect it. It's it I I I came into it. Can I just sorry, I just want to I I want to touch it on Mark's point. Like I love I think that's one of my favorites. Not I guess it's it's top there of favorite scenes in I guess in an, in a season where it's already surpassed the books, like I wasn't a huge fan of the last few seasons just because of the the way the writing was. Yeah. But I mean, that scene was great because it teaches you that it really teaches you that history is written in the victor's perspective and never the losers. Because yeah. the way Brandon Stark always heard that story was his dad crushed um, the Sword of the Morning. Um, I can't remember his name is, but he beat that night fair and square, beat him, but like he did it. He got saved by a buddy and it was a dishonorable kill. Like the dude got killed because he got stabbed in the back, which is, I thought that was amazing. Yeah, it was, I found that that's the one series that I probably spent. Like if I want to get a ratio, probably four to one between like watching it and then reading everything about it and fan theories. Like I followed multiple YouTube channels that dissected every inch of like Alt Shift X, if you didn't get into his YouTube channels, he dissects the shit out of every episode, every reference to the book, referencing the book in. So he did scene breakdowns of every episode. Jesus. Amazing, like detailed shit. He's like, oh, this is in the background. This relates to this family that had this sigil that did this and this. Ba-. Like I'm like, oh, I just fucking blew my mind. More, Anyways, more, more. Yeah, and I I could couldn't get enough of the canon. So, um. Except Obvious, I don't read, but but <laughs> so you, you like the characters? You're saying the characters are good. To go with his running <laughs> story, theme, story good, characters good, get, cast Pro- good, production value, production good, good. What about the last season? <laughs> Sucks. He <laughs> <laughs> sucks. Giant Drago balls. You know what? I mean, I love Game of Thrones, but I think I think it it's it it has a a, a spot now for me of disappointment. Because the last season Shame. felt so 
rushed. I wanted to take and, that show and, and walk it down the fucking road and throw rocks. And at the funny it, like thing is, I actually, I actually felt like it, we were coming to that already at season six. Yeah, like once when the books stopped. When the show took over the books, that's I felt the same way, Rob. And they also, and also, like in season six, I was like, okay, because they kind of spread season five, didn't cover all of book five. It was it was more book four, and then they dipped into it a little bit, and then book six or season six was kind of like book five. But then one of the key story arcs um, from book five wasn't included in season six, and I was like, uh, because you could tell in book five that this was going to be a big part in the next book six and book seven it felt fragmented it, it just felt fragmented and i i just i knew from the beginning when they first launched that series i was like fucking george r, r. martin takes way too fucking long to write every book this is gonna end i'll badly. tell you the scene that that really fucking lost it for me at mm-hmm. the end is leading up to it people would go from like king's landing to the wall and it would be a fucking week's journey right mm-hmm. Shit would happen. They'd meet people on the way. There's all this shit would happen. And then when they're beyond the wall, they're trapped on the ice, surrounded by the fucking walkers. And then somehow in like 15 minutes, they get help. Gedry's able to run all the way back. (laughs) What the fuck? This used to be like you pack for a month's journey and suddenly you can just go and get the fucking dragons to come back and help. Hang on. I'll be back in a minute, guys. Like, fuck that. No, that's it was everything was in fast forward and then it just completely lost. And it was it was like it was like warping in World of Warcraft. But you know what, though? (laughs) And then the fucking walls coming down and then there's like they they the the D&Ds, they signed a deal last season of Game of Thrones to do a Star Wars show for Disney. That Star Wars show is null and void now doesn't exist i don't know if they got paid but it's literally like they phoned in from the disney lot Uh, to the fucking last season of of game of thrones and was like yeah just do whatever do whatever you want with the dragon like it 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 just fell off pace it didn't have the same taste the characters like you could tell we weren't getting we weren't getting finality with these guys how much did you look forward to the fucking battle with the walkers and the entire episode was just fucking different shades of black yeah yeah Worst lit episode in the history of television. It was horrible. Most Anyways, ex- so this yeah. is in summation. It, it, also, we doesn't, talk it, about- also, it also doesn't help that uh, HBO and all the streaming services are not 4K, but that's no. another conversation. Yeah. And HBO. Exactly. I hear in 4K yeah. it was actually more distinguishable. Yes. No, I did hear the same thing. Uh, not pixelated whatsoever. So anyways, that's the only reason probably is the way that it ended. And like you're saying, the sour taste in your mouth that mm. I wouldn't say it's the best HBO series of all time. Mm-hmm. Because you have to include the the final season, and it it soured me on the end. You have two seasons to really take care of: first season, last season. Yeah, everything else you can create your world in, but if you don't end well, you'll never you'll never let it down. And if you don't start well, you'll get cut. And, and it wasn't just the last episode; like it was the entire final season. I think. Uh, I think season. Balls. I think the seventh season was a little weak too. It was. Yeah, 100%. I spent. I spent. Yeah. I'd watch an episode. I spent. I spent it on my phone. Yeah, and yeah. that's a reflection of me not really giving a fuck. Well, I wanted to say before we kind of piece out on here is that we've talked about the casting, we've talked about the production value, but these characters, and we were talking about this pre-show about Ned and about Rob and about how they did such a good, and I don't know how much of it was Martin or how much of it was the the DD boys, but they did such a good job at wrapping you in to these characters. And I, I don't know about the rest of the room, but I've never been more shocked than the Red Wedding episode. Oh yeah, like oh, I, was, I read that on the bus. <laughs> the books? Yeah, you did. I read that on the bus. I read the the Red Wedding on the bus, and I was about to cry 
had to get off the bus. The other one was it the yellow wedding or something? Oh, the purple wedding. The purple wedding. See, I that was a fucking fantastic episode. Which one was that one? Well, because he gets his comeuppance, right? Were you the one who said you like to see people get their comeuppance? I can't remember. So fucking evil, Joffrey. That I was just so fucking happy when he died. Like it's a child dying, and I'm fucking cheering. Yeah. And then I thought nobody could be a worse fucking person than Joffrey. And then fucking Ramsay Bolton comes along. Right. And and, like, and, Holy the, fuck. and the thing is, in the book, in the in the book, it's even more savage than what they show on the show because they can't get into that depth. They get on TV. They get that depth. It gets too dark. Like the mountain is insane. Arr. Books. The mountain is dark in the books. Like stuff you read about it, like oh man, they cannot show this on any TV program. Yeah, like when they do the flashback in the book, where where uh, where where the hound remembers the mountain shoving his face in the fucking fire. Yeah, the flashback. And and, yeah. and you think the hound looks ugly in the TV show? In the book, his half his face is basically just melted. Yep. Like like it's completely fucked. Like uh, they and even like Tyrion, like Tyrion doesn't have a nose for. No. Like the fourth and fifth book, his nose is gone. Really? Yeah, dude. Like the, it wasn't just a scar on his cheek. It wasn't just a scar across his face. His the whole front of his nose is gone. He just has two big air holes there. Oh, but wow. to the to the point of what you said earlier about giving a shit, like a running theme today is yeah. giving a shit about the characters. I was in tears. I was flabbergasted. I felt a sense of fucking loss the next day at work when Rob was toast. Yeah. And lineage was gone, and I watched a baby get stabbed on TV. At yeah, a dire wolf killed. Brutal. Come on, like just. But to the point of character development, even though the show ended mm -hmm. shitty, I've never been more invested. Invested. Thank yeah. you. I've never been more sucked in by Tyrion's charm, by Jamie's boastfulness, by Cersei's bitchiness right like they, they didn't just... they, they didn't develop aria all the way though no they didn't they missed they missed aria. i want to show oh, just about aria she was yeah. she was she she her arc was going awesome and they and they and it fell short they did finish sansa very strong though yeah Sansa was great i liked her arc can i just yeah. give a, a pause for a moment to respect lena Headley as probably one of the greatest villains of all time like cersei yeah. lannister i in this show, there are characters that you know I, you feel bad for. You hate at the beginning, but then you feel bad for. I hated the Cersei. I like hated in the sense that I just didn't like the actual person Cersei Lannister was. But Lena Headley played a great job as Cersei Lannister. Like, He's a villain and dread truly well. somebody oh that you gosh. love to hate. Yeah. yeah, walking around drunk with a cup of wine, giving out bad advice and screwing people over. You're just mm -hmm. like you're that. So was like the Game of Thrones version of a Karen. Like she played the Karen <laughs> to the max. Yeah, yeah. She was just like, I get what I want all the time. I'm white and I have blonde hair. The guy um, that plays Tywin is very, very good too. Charles Dance, baby. Charles Dance. I can remember his name. Thank you. He's so Golden Child, Rob. Golden Child. I was going to say that. He's so good in the Golden Child. I was going to pull Alien 3, but <laughs> yeah, yeah it, Golden Child wins that one. Point. Uh, okay, so characters, plot, story. And... It had everything to be a winner, mm -hmm. and then it fucking didn't finish. Yeah. It. It, yeah. it, it it blew you it was right a, to climax. It, it was a five. It, it was a, it was a five pump jump. Yeah. Yep. But such an expensive jump. Pump. But it, but but it's still gr it's a great show. It is. It is. It is really good. The fact that Peter Dinklage is a fucking movie star. Yeah. After that, that is that is one of my biggest takeaways because I love that guy. He was such a good character. He's such a good actor. He's one of those people that was a kind of a shithead and he backstabbed a lot of people, but I was cheering for him the whole way. Like, he's the star of the books. Yeah, he's yes. an amazing character. The three main characters <laughs> of those books are not the Starks. It's the it's it's fucking Jamie, Cersei, Tyrion. 
That's just my two cents. I just like I drink and I know things. Mm-hmm. Could you not come up with it? You like quotes, Martin. <laughs> <laughs> drink and I know things. All right, moving on. Martin, do you want me to go next or do you want to go next? It's up to you. Whatever you want to do. All right, I'll take this one here because I'm fresh off the fucking printer with this. So I picked. I picked. I, I, I picked. Sex a, in the city. <laughs> Uh, Curb your enthusiasm. Yeah, Too hot I, to handle. We're yeah. going back to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do Netflix. What Netflix? Yeah. Uh, no, it's Crave, isn't it? Too, no, that's Love. Love Island is on HBO. I Too don't hot even to know what Netflix. Love Island. All right, is, can you please stop talking about these terrible shows and, <laughs> and talk about your HBO pick? I picked the dystopian future drama Westworld, and that's a gooder. Two of us have seen it. Me and Martin, have, we're, we're right. We're, we're all the way in. I've seen all one through. and a half seasons. I I'm went sure. hard on season one. Loved okay. it. And I, I really watched season one. So I will sell it to you without ruining the I plot. I got up to where they got to the samurai that. world in season oh, two. Okay. Well, it goes. It, I, I know it gets better. I just haven't been able to get back into it. So first of all, we'll go with uh, story. I love that somebody had the balls to adapt Michael Crichton's worst <laughs> fucking movie ever and pitch that. Yul Brenner, baby. Yul Brenner was in it. Yul Brenner's the man in black. Uh, uh, Josh Brolin's dad. Um, what's his name? Uh, James Brolin. James Brolin plays one of the two guys going to the park. Uh, I prefer uh, Barbara Streisand's husband. Yeah. This, oh, sorry, James Streisand. <laughs> sorry, Josh Brolin's mom. My bad. Uh, so, but like, it's it's Michael Crichton's, I think it was his directorial debut. It was. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was so bad. Ooh, that's that's not a purring cat in the background. That's an actual ambulance. That makes me feel bad. Oh no, sorry. I live in downtown, guys. So something something's happening. That's a that's a stabby sound from Vancouver. Just with all the we, bullshit. We're just swatting Martin. <laughs> <laughs> Paranoid. Uh, okay, so yeah, anyways, yeah. Um, I love that somebody had the balls, specifically Jonathan Nolan, a Nolan mm-hmm. brother. Yep. Go to HBO and be like, we're gonna do this, but we're gonna do a fucking right. And the what want- do you think his pitch was? I think his pick- Android hookers in Wild Wild West. I was gonna say think Jurassic Park, but with robots you can fuck. That's you know what? <laughs> there it is. I think that was the one liner, Martin. I think you got it in its entirety. Like robots who can fuck inside of a park, you down? I know it worked well with Spielberg. Uh we're just we're just gonna fuck the people instead of fuck the dinosaurs. So um the fact that it was first of all, it launched off the movie perfectly well. It launched thirty years after, so it has great tie in into the movie mm-hmm. because it's tying back into the fan base but production value will start there uh i think this is getting just south of 10 an episode it's very fucking expensive to do it's very the well intros shot. cool the intros are amazing the money alone to buy some of the songs like uh, they, they they continue the cover song thing with the piano throughout the entire series so you get you get more uh, Soundgarden later on. Like you that's get... because nobody can sell albums anymore. So this is how know, they make money. But it's it, it it they just they they create this world that well, without ruining it for you guys, I don't know how to explain this, but I'll try. It's a West um, world. It's a West world, but it's <laughs> see, it, it's it, an amusement park. It so, just soda? looks. They do such a good job. There's cowboys at. Showing you, fuck both of you, shut up. They do such a good job at showing you horses how one is a robot and one isn't, mm. and you can't really tell the difference. Yeah. But as soon as they can, mm-hmm. it's completely obvious. And I think that's one of the greatest things about it. I don't like the, the, the litany of directors that these guys have. I mean, I know Nolan and Lisa Joy do usually the first and second episode 
of each season and mm -hmm. then they'll end it. Um, but just watching it is visually stunning. Like mm -hmm. it's all location set. I mean, it is shot in California, so they got a lot of options, but they did a really good job of you. <laughs> it's not hard to recreate yeah, the Wild rec West. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's go to Let's Death get some Valley. tumbleweeds and rocks. <laughs> Where's but, a very dry field? You arid climate. <laughs> you start the show with Dolores waking up in this town, and then the next, like later on in the episode, is this bullet train from like 2025, mm -hmm. and they just cut in and out. So, like the amount of money to show you the difference between when you're in the park, when you're outside of the park, they take a very close note at making sure this world is immersive mm -hmm. and you're involved in it. So production value gets my vote, ten out of ten. What, 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 where, where was your mind when you found out that a key character wasn't human and was actually a robot? What, what were your thoughts on that? I think I ran around the house seven times trying to find myself because you're just like, what the fuck? That's like, how did I not see that? I think that's the biggest thing, right? This is we'll get into story. Perfect yeah. spot. So, what you've got is you've got a linear story, mm -hmm. but as soon as you find out at certain points when they change. Mm -hmm. The aspect ratio, they're changing the timeline. Mm -hmm. So your story is now happening in three different timelines mm -hmm. in the first season and the second season, which is then out of order, mm -hmm. and the third season, which is finally in chronological order. Mm. To play with you and use the story's actual timeline and the way they film it to yeah. trick your mind is huge because then you learn to watch for it. Well, and it's this leader, right? Yeah. Like you're like, okay, we've, we've gone from 16 by 9 to, you know, uh, whatever 22.3 thank you yeah 333 three, three repeating martin Point three three repeating of course okay uh so just those little things that they add to it make watching it just that much more fun now the story itself mm -hmm. dystopian future I, I, i'm gonna I, I'll, I'll okay fine is it, it a gonna... dystopian future though or is it just the future it's the future but it's dystopian in the fact that they have finally figured out like westworld one what we all know is the park was designed for rich people to get away and fucking shoot shit, right? <laughs> fucking kill. Fuck, fucking kill. Fuck and fucking kill. The second season, we find out that they've been monitoring the guests. So think Facebook on a global scale. Oh. They've now been following you, learning what drives you, learning what you want in life. And there's Pretty big spoiler. More than just a <laughs> there's like other worlds, right? There's Westworld, Warworld. Uh, Army World, which was a training facility for the military. Which uh, one's the Samurai? Sh Shogun World, okay, which is Shogun, the Samurai yeah. World. Um, there's also Raj World, which was in India, that gets like a quick two-episode showing in the second season. Oh. Um, now I need to watch the show. I'm kind of getting, you You talking about it? Getting yeah, I'm getting kind it. of excited here. And then so, don't, don't they bring What's-His-Face from Breaking Bad into season three? Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul is Aaron And Paul. he's amazing in season three. His act, it's good. Like I'm glad to see him back in a good show and in season three of the Westworld, he, he's great. Check off for casting for, it, fuck okay. Um, like the names are eluding me right now because I'm so excited about the goddamn. Show. I really I hate know that. I really hate that. so. So there's Hannibal Lecter. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and is it RoboCop? <laughs> Which one's RoboCop? No. <laughs> I think oh, the one thing I love about the show and. I think what the one thing that the show does really well is it really brings the theme of Michael Crichton books um, into the forefold, which is control. Like Michael Crichton's all his a lot of his books and themes of a lot of his his movies is is about control and having control. And each season they try to say like you know who's in control, who's in control, who's in control, until you find out well, can you really control something? 
can you really control freedom? Can you control free will? Like that's that's the big question that they asked throughout the whole whole series, which is great. Yeah, and to piggyback what he just said, uh, it is very much tied into the way we're living right now. Like the third season is like the final end game. So you've got we had this park. This park was designed to let people get away and do shit. Then the owners of the park were like, we want to make an immortality project. We want to create fidelity. Mm. We want to be able to create. Well, he had to sell. Didn't he have to sell the park or sell a portion of the park because he wasn't making enough money? And that's where that whole monitoring comes in because it wasn't really Ford's original plan, wasn't it? You know, like His plan was to monetize the metadata, essentially? Yeah. yeah exactly. How good's Anthony Hopkins in that shit? He's great. And Ed Harris is so good. And Dude, they... Ed Harris is like, that's my other... favorite character. Tandy Newton, like, Evan Rachel Wood yeah. with these two badass females just constantly. Who's like, the guy that plays the young Ed Harris? What's that actor's name again? He's oh, good. He's Jimmy. in. Oh. He's. I, I love his character. He's in Sunny, right? In Sunny. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Drinking the milk with the fucking house coat on. Oh. But like you, ne you never know who you're dealing with too. He was also in the, the in in uh, 1998's Loser. Fun fact. Oh god. Um, like you because you can take the personalities of these robots in mm -hmm. and out of them and put them in other robots. Mm. Half of season two, there's like seven characters that you don't know who they are only by what they look like. So that you, you see them. They've been in other episodes, but who's inside the person? You have no idea what copy of a robot. Was it through like the it. same type of character though in the Shogun world as in the West world? Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 So, Very similar storylines. They use the same storyline because they need to have this set of continuity with the story where if a robot does the same thing over and over again, it will essentially become sentient. Mm. So what they try to do is they end up going from the park to the sold data to a computer trying to program society so that it runs perfectly and there's no problem. AI they, they get rid of poverty. But what ends up happening is these groups of outliers come into play mm -hmm. and screw with the problem. That's third season shit. Anyways. Sounds like so demolition, man. Are they using the worlds to beta test reprogramming the world? 100%. Boom. You don't have to watch it anymore, Mark. You just figured it out. Mind blown Ooh. emoji. <laughs> I'm 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 watching racing after this. What are you watching? <laughs> Westworld. Season two and three of Westworld. Season two and three of Westworld. I might have to rewatch season one. I don't. I, I won't kill plot line. Or a and, really and well done one recap. One more question. Yeah. When a when a robot fucks learns, another robot, learns that it's a robot, so Dream. it now has self awareness. Dreams yep. of electric sheep. Is it no no longer a robot? Like if a robot knows it's a robot, then it's no longer a robot. Sure it is. It's called sentience. It's, yeah. it's a sentient robot. I know, but there's there's this fine line that you cross of this self-awareness. Then it's an human android. Quality. Then it's data. <laughs> like from the next to, generation. <laughs> to, to answer your question, um, to the corporation that owns that product, it's IP. To the scientist who's made it, it's a human. To the robot itself, it's still unaware. It's electric sheep. It's a fucking baby in, in the world's eyes. But yes, that's exactly what it is where... You've got these robots who are programmed who eventually have memories. That's the thing. Like you learn in season yeah. one that they have memories. That's oh. right. I'm dwelling too much on the story because I just can't. Anyways, talk it's about it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. It's fucking amazing. So good casting. Good, good casting. casting. You give a shit about the characters. Yes. You like the fucking story. Yes. And the production values on point. No, it sucks. No, I just want to say it works. So it's less <laughs> character driven though. It's more story driven. It's mm. less well, no, mm. because each character is coming to terms with something. Either they are a robot and they're trying to find their place in the world, or they're a human trying to get out of 
being programmed. It's kind of like with Wizard of Oz, where they're all looking for yeah, something. Yeah, everybody has a thing. Courage, a heart, yeah. a brain. Well, in the end, they're all just trying to find their themselves, right, in their place in the world. No matter if it's like a human or a robot, they're trying to figure out where they fit and where they belong. And that's the big question that drives each character is, what am I? Who am I? Am I a robot? Like, where do I belong in the world? Being human, too, though? Really? Yeah. Essentially, yeah, and that's what they're playing with. They're playing with if we make an AI that can recognize enough qualities in humanity and it becomes self-aware, does that make it close enough to a human or is that just something that's factoring in you know, pluses and minuses? What makes a the... human a human? Exactly, and these are questions that the show asks through a really great way of, of robots and fucking. I'm kind of excited <laughs> well, about considering uh, the robots... getting into season two and three then. It's, uh, it's, it's, I will tell you this. The one thing that no other show on HBO has that this show has is they decided. The show has that no other HBO show has is a 4D immersive world, which is kind of also why I picked it. So what's 4D? 4D means it breaks the fourth wall. It's the fourth dimension. It's our dimension, right? Mm. So oh, I thought you were saying smell vision's invented. Oh, man, that'd be cool. <laughs> I can smell this robot's oil leaking. That's <laughs> that's not oil. Not oil. <laughs> You've seen the, the hose downs at the end of the night. That's not oil. Oh, my God. The way they treat the robots in the second and third season when you actually get to see the under parts of the park yeah, where they're yeah. just throwing these people around and then sewing them back up. Uh, but uh, this, this fourth wall thing is they made a Delos website where you could go and book a trip to Westworld. So you got, cool. And then you got an AI who would talk to you and you could ask questions. <laughs> and then buried in the website were codes that if you unlocked them from the show, you could get more information on the websites. And then the show would point you to the websites to look for other things and then you'd have to go around this room. So it was this other world that was part of the world that gave you more fandom and more like, could this be happening? What is this mm. character doing? And then you could piece stuff together. A lot of red herrings. A lot of shit in there that would like lead you astray. A lot of Easter eggs. But you mm. could play with the characters, right? You could you could go in and you could look at files that were buried inside some of these characters' uh, operating systems, mm. and you could you could see clips from the show and reorganize them to see if it makes sense for you. So it was it was this other world within the world. That like when you watch Sopranos, when you watch Wire, yes, they take you into that world. But when you walk away, you don't have anything. But you can go like you could go book a trip from March 6th to March 19th at a Delos park. And it would send you an itinerary and send you an email after. And you could you oh, could play cool. with it. So like it kept you interested in it. And there was one like the, the corporation that runs it all. That will be six million dollars. This is what they do. <laughs> but the corporation Insight that runs it all when they released season three they did this thing where they created an actual um, day at Insight where you got to the hotel room and then you went downstairs into the, the um, conference room and they sold you a product like they would at Insight. And that was their demo. And then they like, watched... Like the, they gave you the pitch. They gave you the pitch like they would in the show. And then that was how they let all the reporters watch Okay, the you convinced episode. us the show's awesome. We're right? Gonna, we're both going to watch the rest all of it. All right. I just want to be number one on our top four here, guys. <laughs> no, you got to power through season two. Season two was by far the weakest season. Season one and three, like season three kicks it up again to where season one left off, which is awesome. Yes. It big, just... big question is, do I start The Wire or finish Westworld? Finish Westworld. Yeah. Yeah, one foot in. I already started the Westworld. Wi so. The Wire, you're going to wait till the fall. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a, that's it's, a fall it's, time it's show. Not a, sure. It's not a watch in the summer show. It's a sweater weather kind of show. Yeah. Yeah. Fire, whiskey, yeah, it's, wire. It's, I'm, I'm putting five pounds on weather. <laughs> So, wire. Okay, 20. 
for me. Been there, done that already. <laughs> Wire, Game of Thrones, Westworld, Martin, go. Uh, I'm bringing something to the table. I didn't think I would like. Next in the my, my first choice was Sopranos. That's what I was going to say. But I wanted to bring a show that I just watched this year for the first time. Came out in, was it 20, 2014, I think? Uh, I think it was 2017. 2017? Yeah, I've never seen, uh, well, the show I'm talking about is The Leftovers. I've never seen it. I just saw it, like I said, saw it this year during the whole COVID lockdown thing. Um, I'm not going to go through each category. Sorry, what were you saying? I said I saw a lot of leftovers this year. <laughs> when did it come out, Mike? Uh, it came out uh, 2014 to 2017. Oh, oh wow. wow. It's that? Yeah. Oh, a few like years. Was... Wow. Um, I'm not going to go through each category. I think as a group, let's do that together. But what I wanted to do was I just wanted to tell you why I like this show. And especially during the time that I watched it, just why it was significant. Um, basically, like, so I'll just give you a quick premise for those who haven't seen it. Um, so it's 2011. And one day in October, 2% of the world just vanishes. No trace, no nothing. They just disappear. You don't know how. Um, and then that's so, sorry, what are you saying, Rob? Except for from one town in, in Texas. Yes, except for one, that, that's season two. But th there's one town where it doesn't happen. But it, everywhere in the world, 2% of the, of the population just vanishes. There's no explanation. Um, and the show takes place, I think it's three years after um, the event. So it, it, the show basically shows you um how people deal with trauma like a traumatic event because you know there's some people who lost one person some people didn't lose any some people lost three or four like you know what i mean um but that's what i love about the show it shows how people deal with trauma and people deal with trauma in different ways like some people choose drugs and alcohol other people you know might join find religion or join a cult like that's the way people process it and this is just a crazy event that you know I think if it happened in real life, this it, we would have a pretty similar issue with what happened on the show. Um, that's why I like it. And I think I like it also because, like Mark said, like it's very character-driven, and I love the characters in it. And one thing that I love about this show is they give you – all the characters are basically pieces of shit. And, but you find out that, you know what? They're just human. They're not really pieces of shit. Like These are just people dealing with trauma, and this is sometimes they act shitty because of what happens to them, and how, they don't know how to deal with it. So I think that's one thing. Like, really, you hate characters. At, like, there's characters that I hated at the start, but then as the show goes on, I'm like, oh, well, that's why he's like that. I feel really bad for that person because that's what happened to them. And that's what I think this show does so well. Um, and I think the fact that it's only three seasons is perfect. Like, it, I, did, I wasn't dissatisfied with the ending. I'm just like, all right, that show ended. That was the right time for it to end. I'm like, was it a planned ending or... Yeah, it was. yeah, I think it was planned. Yeah, it was only, it was based on a book, and the book I think only deals with the first season, so everything after that was kind of expanded. But yeah, it was it was a great ending. I thought it ended well. The cast was amazing. Uh, actors were great. One of my favorite characters was um, a character Patty. She's like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she's the head of one of like one of the heads of one of the cults that pops up as a, as a result of this. Um, I don't know. I'll open it up to you guys. If who, have you seen it, Rob? I, I've seen I've seen the first season and I've seen I've seen season two up to the point where he, they find his handprint on the oh, car, yeah right yeah. um I I really liked it I for whatever reason I just stopped watching it and it's been on my watch list for a long time to to get into it I think one of the things that was surprising for me was that um I was surprised at how good of an actor Justin Thoreau was. Because before that, he was like the creepy, funny guy from Wonderlust, and I was like, and the, the guy, yoga guy, and the guy <laughs> that wrote 
fucking Tropic Thunder, right? Like, yeah. you know, that's who he was in and my... Iron Man, by the way. He wrote Iron Man? Iron Man one. Did he write? Wow. Like the story of the screenplay. Screenplay. Wow, that's that's impressive. He was also the villain in uh, Charlie's uh, Angels. No, uh, he was, and also uh, your Ma- your Highness. Yes, he was too. <laughs> oh yeah, he was in, in your Highness. Yeah, okay, I forgot about that. Yeah, like they gave him like bad teeth and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah, no, I I liked it. It was very stylized. It's uh, and I think you 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 hit the nail on the head by saying it's about how different humans deal with drama. And yeah, you're right. Patty's character is great, especially when. Like they kidnap her and then she actually starts talking and yeah, because that cult's kind of crazy because they don't talk, right? Yeah, the guilty and remnant. Smoke, but they smoke a lot. <laughs> they do. They do. I'll, uh, I'll chime in here, Mark. You saw Lost, right? Uh, no. No. Okay. You saw Watchmen though, right? <laughs> Nobody the saw series, Too right? Hot to Handle. <laughs> yeah. See, this is why I feel guilty about watching Too Hot to Handle. It's not yeah. like I ran out of shows. I watched six <laughs> I hours chose, of Too Hot to I Handle. I chose to watch it instead of something good. Instead did, of watching this acclaimed dramatic show. Did you? But did you see Watchmen? Uh, I've seen the movie, but I can didn't I ask you? Okay. Can I ask you a question though? I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying Mark? to put him into a hole here because Damon Lindelof is the writer of Leftovers, who was one of mm-hmm. the big writers on Lost. Mm-hmm. Who's also one of the writers on Watchmen? On Watchmen, and he loves to write confusing shit. And the leftovers is confusing. It jumps a lot. It it Ooh. jumps a lot. But Martin's point is great. It's about grief mm-hmm. and about acceptance in a very roundabout way. Like by the time you get to where all these characters are going, this cult, this event, it's really voices fun. in people's heads. Voices, yeah. Like there's so Weird many things that are going to on. Them. But in in the end of it all, it's about what people go through during grief. And this event is just it's like the heroine in in uh, in the wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. grief is the is the protagonist in this one. Grief, hundred percent protagonist. Ooh. Uh, you, or is it the antagonist? There is one. <laughs> the I think it's the second last episode of the first season or the last episode, where you're introduced to the characters three years after the event, but then you find out what all the characters were doing on the day of the event. Oh, oh it's crazy. And, oh my gosh. Oh uh, yeah. Like and like you're marrying on their spouse yeah. and you're married to all these characters in a perception mm-hmm. of these are who they are. But okay. you don't know the one thing that they did that makes them so bad. Yeah. Why they feel guilty about why they're still around. Like a lot of people they have that guilt of why do I get to stay when all these good people left? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like why like I'm a piece of shit. Why am I still here? Yeah, I don't want to just be here. Because they yeah. are and there's I mean they really don't absolve you much. I don't want to ruin it entirely for you, but I, Martin, they don't, they close it, but they don't really close it that way. They don't way. explain. They, yeah. It's just, they, it ends, it ends. It's, it was a satisfying way. Like they didn't have to ex- like touch up on anything, whether it was like, you know, whether it was like another being or aliens or they just, they just end it. Like it's, it's, it's like if this happened in real life and you sometimes can't explain something. Do That's you say kind of uh, how it ends. at the end? No. It's I, not like inception where the thing's spinning and you don't know. <laughs> No, no, no. You get you get char- you guessing. You get character closure. Like the door opens to the diner and you don't know what happens. Prime example. Why were there polar bears on like one of the episodes of Lost? Nobody ever explained it, but it helped drive the story to this weird place. So mm-hmm. this is the same thing where you get absolution of your characters, but you may not be like, Well, why the fuck did that happen? It actually they do such a good job that you don't care almost. I was very satisfied when it ended. I was like, yo, that was I binged it and I was like at the end of it, I'm like, I that was a good show. Like I didn't expect the leftovers to be that good, but I was like, yo, that was that was a pretty good show. Everything that I wanted out of it, good. 
I Sounds think, interesting. I'm intrigued. Here's what we should do. We should just vote on what Mark will watch in order. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to finish the world. Okay. And I'm already committed. And Leftovers is after the wire. Okay. There's, oh, there's, I thought it was yeah. going to be the other way around. No, actually. wait. I'm going to watch the rest of Westworld, the Matrix trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> You really just need to watch the first one. Um, just like to kind of give you an idea. No, too, he like... needs to watch all three so he can watch the fourth one that's coming out. Let's. Oh, let's... that's true. Yeah, I forgot about that. Touch on this for a second because the cast is awesome. The cast is not Iron Man one. Do you have a UHD uh, player? <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So Justin Thoreau, Amy Brennerman, uh, Christopher Eccleston. Do you guys remember Gone in sixty Seconds? The guy who makes coffins, the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he plays a preacher in this. He's pretty good. Liv Tyler's in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's the biggest star in it. Like I, that, I knew. I didn't really know too everyone else too much. Harry Coon um, from f- the TV show Fargo. Uh, who else is the girl that the lady that plays Patty and that Dodd. actress and Dowd. Yeah. The funny thing is, after I saw her in the Leftovers, I I, I felt like she was like in everything after that because she was because because she's very good in Hands Hands Made Tale too. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. God. And you know what? It's almost like they went to look at patty's character and they were like could you do that again just be can you just play like crazy crazy people from dystopias okay perfect yeah check check. well it's crazy too because regina king is in it and if you're saying that the writer for this wrote also the watchman like she was the star in watchman like a few years later after the show ended right so who is who who's the guy who's the actor that's in it that plays kind of the um what is it justin thoreau's dad no the other guy um i'm going through the characters here because Scott Glenn Which is- guy? Which guy? What did he do in the show? Yeah. Uh, was it he he was kind of like the prophet guy? Oh yeah, that's like that's uh Christopher Eccleston. No, like- not that guy. The uh the black Scott Glenn. It was his dad. Oh, uh, which one? Oh, the I the, the black guy. I know who he's talking about. Um Regina King's husband. Oh, Kevin Carroll. Kevin Carroll, that's it. Yeah, show me what he looks like. Uh, I think you guys are going a little too. Uh, he was in the. He was in the TV. Far down this. Well he was in the here. TV show Travelers. <laughs> You're literally just humming and hawing and searching things on your phone. There's people trying to listen to us on the radio. <laughs> I don't care about them. This is for us. All right, I think we've chewed. Just... He doesn't mean that. I, Please listen. No, no for I love you. Them. We, we they know we love them. There's no show without them. It's just us sitting in a room. No, there'd be a show without them. It just we would be listening to it. Mike, Mike needs a young Jamie so that he doesn't. Uh... I want a young Jamie. Anybody out there doesn't want to get paid, but help me, I'll take you. Or let's, a Wobby Wob. Okay, number one. Let's let's try to all agree here. I I think, and Mark, you're coming in here cold on some stuff, so it'll be really fun to see how this averages out. But I think. But it, I got see. That's what. I, I feel like I've only got one quarter of this, but I watched so many other HBO shows that we didn't talk about. I know we didn't talk about them. So which one is it? What's the other one? Because I said we were going to get to this. So like, what's your what's your other show? What's your oh like thirty minutes? We're talking about Entourage. 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 Hundred percent. Maybe my favorite HBO show ever. I like True Blood. Okay. Fucking, I'm I'm gonna give you my 10 second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, an honorage. Give me your hot take. Unbelievable fucking cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It, it was the show to be on for celebrities in that era. Playing yourself, it was you're the it show to to do a guest cameo on. Um, it finished fucking. Fa- what other show has ever been on HBO that finished with a movie? Right. Sex in the city. Sex in the city. Oh yeah, Sex in the city. But there you go. The the cool thing is though is that in the show. 
he was getting a big break, so they gave him a movie. Like, it's meta. Exactly. That's, that was really and cool. And honestly, like, I think Jeremy Piven's character as Ari Gold is one of the best... I went to cable comedy, if you like, you want to call it sort of, yeah, you could, yeah like Entourage asshole. is his own unique, such an amazing character. I think it was the, the first, show was kind of douchey too, though. It was, but but it on was, purpose. But it was on per, it was one hundred percent. And Mark Wahlberg produced, too. yeah, like that's his baby. Um, I think Ari Gold is a lesson in character writing. I think how they treated him and knowing what he could do, nobody else could be Ari Gold. Jeremy Piven. Is oh. uh, is is Ari Gold like, he, but like that power broker Hollywood super agent mogul that like we all hear about behind the scenes, perfect. But he played that as the he was so egotistical and yet he allowed us to show his insecurities at times, right? So he came across as so fucking <laughs> egotistical and such a douche, but then he would just give you that little taste of like he's scared shitless of his fucking boss of his wife, yeah, right? Yeah. Like you know those kind of things. So. I One just, of the things I love about Ari Gold is the fact that when you're talking about his human side, like he legit cares for Vince, which is something that you don't think an agent would. Like he he legit considers Vince a friend, and he would go to bat for Vince and do things and above he, and beyond and what you normally don't expect. Lloyd. He treats yeah. Lloyd so bad, but he fucking <laughs> loves Lloyd. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about Lloyd's character, right? <laughs> but like, it's also so good. The name Entourage. It's a great all-around cast too. Turtle E. The other guy that I never remember, Vince. Oh, Johnny Drama? Get out of here. Johnny Drama. That's Kevin Dillon. Yeah, Kevin Dillon. Amazing. Entourage is the, the ugly first Dillon's show. brother. <laughs> Entourage, I think, is the first show that I binged. Because there wasn't a streaming service when I discovered Entourage, but I discovered it like a few seasons in. Just, so I went and got the box, the, the, the DVD box sets of past seasons. And just sat there and fucking binged. Me and my buddy binged the shit out of Entourage. And just that opening sound, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the car and the and song, yeah. I'm like, it got me so excited. Very rarely, until Game of Thrones, that opening scene with the music, I've never been so excited in opening hmm. soundtrack to a show as I am with Entourage. Yeah, yeah. It brings you up. It gets you into the game, right? Yeah. It jazzes you up. I totally get it. Can that. I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Is uh, It's Kevin Dillon? Yes. Kevin Dillon. Now, is the ratio of ugliness from Matt Dillon to Kevin Dillon greater or lesser than the ratio of Ron Howard to his brother or Chad Lowe to Rob Lowe? Go. I think Chad Lowe is still a <laughs> decent-looking human, but I think the other two brothers are, uh, yeah. It, yeah, it, but Rob Lowe is like an Adonis. Oh, well, yeah. Come, the, guy's okay, like, bye, okay. the guy's like 60, and he's He's getting still, better like, with age. He, he is. He literally <laughs> does. I watch a lot of Nevada 911. And I can't remember Ron Howard's brother's name, but he's- Clint uh, Howard. It's Clint, uh, Clint or Clint Howard. I can't remember. I think it's Clint Howard. Yeah, yeah. Clint. Totally, you're right. That's a point. Um, Anyways, my yeah. that I honestly <laughs> think that's my favorite all-around HBO show. It, it's, it, you know what? It's, it's a, it, I, it speaks to young guys all over the world, I think. I think the dream- of like having a bunch of your buddies with some money and heading off to LA and doing your your thing like that that's the dream well, right like if I could on... take you four guys with me and I based on Mark Wahlberg's life yeah it's loosely based on his life but it and you think at the time on, that it came on. out how many big if we went through the cameos on it like the personalities that cameoed on it yeah fucking extraordinary Peyton Manning did an episode I think oh god there was uh well we talked about James Cameron yeah but then there yes. was also like uh. 
Mark Cuban was on it. Yes. Um, like, well, Mandy Moore played a huge role uh, in it. Eric Roberts was probably the best cat. <laughs> <laughs> they got a Joshua tree in the fucking yeah, RV. And then right. Out, yeah, right? Like, you know. so many people wanted to play themselves on it, like at a Hollywood party. It was just. Eric Roberts completely played cool. himself. Yeah. <laughs> I never. I always just saw them as, like, like they were just using them as fodder. Like, you, just so you know, we're in, we're in Beverly Hills. This is Mark Cuban's here. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like they just wanted to play themselves because it was so culturally woven. Into I them. bet you all of their people, like everybody, wanted a cameo on Entourage when it was. Do you happening. think Mark Cuban? You'd more likely see him in in L.A. or in Dallas. L.A., but the Dallas thing is also plausible. Okay. Probably has a home in Dallas. Well, he owns the Mavericks. Is he Corbin Dallas? Multiple. I would have said you probably see Mark Cuban in Vegas more often than. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I, I would have said um, on the Shark Tank. And then how meta is the fact that they joke about Aquaman as a movie and then it actually became a movie? I wanted to see the the Kevin the Kevin Smith version <laughs> that they were joking about on the show. Yes. I always Kevin thought... Smith. Yeah, yeah, shit. All he, the big yeah. actors. I the episode with Seth Green meeting E was fucking amazing. How... Oh, that was hilarious. He's such a dick in that too. Yeah, Seth Green is such an asshole in it, but it's so good. I I always hoped that they would have made a short of Medellin and put it in the movie. <laughs> Just to see how bad it was, right? Like, because that was part of the story. It was like the most expensively, horribly shot movie that they could do. I also had a massive crush on Sloane. Oh, she was Emmanuel Shariqui, so hot. I love her. She was in. Um, she was in the first waiting. Actually, she's the bartender. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, my other. There's a second waiting. There is a second waiting. Yeah, it's not nowhere near as good. You as should not have ever Ari, seen it. Ari's wife banging Bobby Flay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like, there are so many good, like, you don't even realize all the great cameos. I, uh, Ballers is mine, which is very it's similar to Entourage. It has a similar kind of, it's, well, it's Rob, Rob Corddry so good in it. Rob Cord, but it's, there's something about that. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's Mark Wahlberg's production company as well, too. But it, there's that half hour, 40 mark of like enough drama that it's not a comedy, but enough comedy that it's not too dramatic. Like they, yeah. you know, like you cared for Vince. I like the intro and, of it too. Right? Like it, it the, well, who was that singing in the, I, I don't, I don't know, but I just like it. It's a great fucking like, cause it's clips of football and everything, but it's and Mr. The, Washington's in that but, show. Okay. So he has the dopest beard, but here's the thing. That's the rocks time while he was a footballer, mm-hmm. while he was playing for Miami, while he was playing for Calgary. So they're taking Mark Wahlberg's life and putting it in Entourage. Then they took The Rock's life and wrote that in into Ballers. Like, the mm-hmm. stuff that HBO allows... But made him an NFL star as opposed to WWE. See, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but they just... HBO lets people make some really great shit. Well, I, the thing I love about HBO, too, is they're willing to take a chance on a, on a TV show for a couple of seasons and let people fall in love with it. Case in point, Trem, which was okay, but somehow they still four seasons of that show. Right? Right? Any other network would have, would have probably given up on it after the first season. There's a show called um, In... in, in, in oh, fuck, what's the name of that? Baller's really great. Martin, what's yours? Yeah, I'm gonna look mine up, Martin. Go, go <laughs> I gotta go with Barry. Oh, Barry's, Barry's probably my favorite 30 minutes, and I just it—it's just the the story is so weird and different that you don't expect it. So, for those of you who haven't seen it, a guy who's a hitman goes to LA to fulfill a contract, but while he's there, ends up falling in love with acting and wants to quit being a hitman to become an actor. I love like, it. Acting. Awesome. 
Awesome. It's uh, it's it's Bill Hader. Bill Hader is a hitman, which you don't. I don't see him as a hitman, but he plays it really well in the show. Like I just, oh, and that? the character doesn't it have a hundred hundred score on Rotten Tomatoes too? The show. I think so. It's great, and like Henry Winkler is in it. The Fonz, you know. How do you not love Henry Winkler? But also to one of those shows where I love it because of the characters, and the characters are all pieces of shit. But you realize, you know, they're human. They're all human. They all got their shit that they're going through, and. I can't hate them. A common theme with you, Martin. I love it. Those where people are a piece of shit, but you understand it's because they're human. <laughs> I like it. I have one episode of Barry, and it's it's this thing. I don't know if you guys ever get this, though. You see something, you're like, oh, my God, I know this is going to be so good. Yep. You're scared to go back and watch it. Like, it's like, good, man. That's, I, I thought I was the only one. That's the way I feel about The Wire, sort of. Like, I want everything to be perfect because I know it's going to be good, and it's just never perfect enough for me to hit play on it. And then I choose something mm. that I know is shittier because I'm not in the in the focus. Is it because mind, you're where right? you're going to get distracted part yeah. way through? Because I'm, I'm like, no, I, I can't off. focus. I can't focus, so I'm going to watch a shitty show right now that I don't have to pay off. attention to. It's you... like when you go to the theater. I always turn my phone off now when I go to the theater. Because I I want to know that it's off, so I don't touch it. I don't want to break. Yeah, I get it. I totally get it. Go on, sorry, Matt. Mike, I interrupt you. No, 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 no. But no. I know Barry's gonna be fucking awesome. I saw like half of one episode. And I I'm saw. Like, Fuck, this is great. I, I've, I've actually only seen the first. Stephen Stephen Root as well. Great in it. Mm. I love Stephen Root. Like I I've loved him since he was in Office Space. Like, <laughs> my red fucking. Stapler. That's great. Oh, is he in it? Oh, yeah, he's, he's amazing. It. He plays yeah, man. boss and partner. Oh, oh, weird. Who's like keep killing people so yeah, I can yeah, get paid. Right. Who's the who's the alopecia guy? The bald guy? No Hank. I can't remember what his name is, but they, his his character name is No Hank in the show. It's awesome. Oh God, he's <laughs> okay. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go binge the shit out of Barry. Bowie. Can I give you guys mine? Which what's his character's name? Before we uh, no Hank. No Hank. No Hank. That's a good name. That's the stapler guy. Nope. Oh no, that's Stephen Root's character. Stephen Root's character is the stapler guy. Anthony Kerrigan plays No Ho Hank. Oh, he played um um. Victor oh, Zaz yeah. in Gotham. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was good. Um, I was just gonna say that with with Barry is that it's it's a dramedy. It's a dark, dark comedy. Like he <laughs> there's there's like this really traumatic event that happens in his life and as an acting coach, Henry Winkler's like, take that event and harness it. And he like comes in and nails this scene, but like didn't he just like kill somebody before it happened and like he used the killing of a person to act out a scene because it's still so fresh in him. Like it's this really, that's what I do. I, I usually, I go, that's I, you, go. you know, well, that's what, that's what good actors do. They go murder puppies and then they uh, go on the scene. Everybody yeah. Cause you got to get in the character. <laughs> if you had to pick an acting coach, uh, Henry Winkler or Carl Weathers, uh, Nicholas. Oh. oh, that's a hot. Oh. All in I the Carl Weathers though, man. My answer Carl is Weathers. all in the hips. It's Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. Uh, I uh, dude, you know I love me some Apollo Creed, man. Come on now. <laughs> Before we we leave this here, what was your other show, Rob? Silicon Valley. Oh, oh also great, also great. It's so good. I, T.J. Miller, Thomas Middleditch, fucking there is Camille a, Nanjiani. I think it's <laughs> Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz. I think it's because I've been like in comp into computers and I've sold electronics my entire adult life, and. I, there isn't a show where I have laughed that hard out loud, even if I'm by myself. Because <laughs> you know when you watch like a comedy with like your buddies, it's like three times more funny. But occasionally there's a show that you watch that even by yourself, you burst out laughing with no one else there. That's Silicon true. Valley is that. 
Like I'm when done. when he hacks the fucking smart fridge. Yes. <laughs> uh, the, like it's just those two characters, uh, Camille Nanjiani's character uh, and, the, and the fucking Satanist guy. Yes, uh, yes. Their interactions in that whole series are just amazing because they're they're the best <laughs> friends ever, but they fucking hate each other. When when Satanist dude convinces Nanjiani that his girlfriend's into him. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's, yeah. And then it goes horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I th- I think the one we all love the most, or at least I know me and Mark do, is when they're at um what's the convention that they go to? Oh, oh the tech convention. Disrupt. Disrupt. Yeah, tech disrupt. Um Tech Crunch. Tech Crunch, thank you. And they have to figure out how to win because they know that their app is <laughs> fucked. So then they they're go bad jobs. But they're like, but they go, the only way we're gonna win is if we jerk off every guy in the room and then all five geeks are like, well, the only way we could get that done, and then it's this whole scene of mathematically jerking off an auditorium, and it is comedy fucking gold. That's one of the best scenes in that series. You have to be jerking off four guys at once. So one of the back then you'd have to adjust for height. Yeah. <laughs> And if you put them tip to tip, and you pull back and forth to get maximum stroke, so there's no uh, break. Like, and they and they're uh, figuring it out in like in like three dimensions. Yeah, and shit. that was for and the like, compression, yeah. right? That's the, what they discussed. The, the compression, the, the, the Robin or yeah, Robin Hood, uh, Pied Piper. Pied Piper. That's it. Yeah, yeah. no, and like, so good. And and all and all the characters that pop in, right? Like whether it's his lawyer or whether it's the uh, crazy billionaire the, dude. What? He's so funny. He's <laughs> yeah. like he's like I, I I'm not worth eleven digits. <laughs> Oh, I'm the, the. I'm not a ten billionaire. No, the three, the three comma club. Yeah. Isn't that the <laughs> when their helper ends up on that guy's fucking like island in the middle of nowhere, stuck in the car. Oh yeah. Oh, like yeah. the automated AI took him all the way oh, up yeah. to an That's island. He's right. building in the middle of the ocean. He's, he's stuck with all these robotic. He's so clubs. good. He's probably easily one of the that most character is hilarious. Characters. He's really good yeah. in everything yeah. he's in too. Because he pl- he plays the straight character so well. Yeah. Yeah. He plays it serious in comedy. You win every fucking time. Oh, and they just what is this? What is the secret sauce with these guys? Like, is it the fact that they know talent? Because it's attached to Warner Brothers. So having come out of Wonder Woman '84 and being so disappointed with a Warner Brothers decision. How is it that they're giving so much free reign over at HBO to make these great fucking shows? I think it's uh, I, I I don't know what it is, but I I think it was also it's the magic of that cast. That whole cast, That's true. yeah, just gels in a way. There's even, a lot of even though what's his face is and... like an alleged rapist now or something. Yeah, I mean, well, you can like like the character, yeah. don't like the human. How good yeah. was the the guy from who's the guy that lived at T.J. Miller's incubator? The oh, the little the, Chinese guy, the Chinese guy. Yeah, uh, oh, I'm I'm brain farting. <laughs> Finding what his name is too. Oh. He just fucked him over like repeatedly, so many times in that show. And oh. then, and then he goes back to China, and he basically is doing like the fucking ripoff <laughs> of fucking of their compression. Oh, Pied Piper. <laughs> He's got the yeah. phones, doesn't he? Or whatever. Yeah. Jimmy O Yang. Jin Yang. Jin Yang. Fuck you. Fuck you. Puts the mime on the fucking smart fridge. Oh my god, was he good? And who's the the loser who invented Pied Piper with them that goes and works for? Oh, uh, big, big, big head. Big, big head. <laughs> And they like, and they give him like that super crazy, well-paid job at at Huli. Uh, at Huli, and then he just does nothing. He, like, he just sits on the roof and drinks. Okay, it's it's the best comedy that was it, on HBO. I think I, 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 I think agree. I think for guys like us, definitely because yeah. it's just so nerdy tech. Veep was awesome too. Veep's very yeah. very funny too. Yeah, but and they followed uh, each other, so it was like a double header. Yeah, the other one I really love is I love Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb is so funny. 
I the la- uh, one of my favorite experiences with Kirby Enthusiasm is watching it on an Air Canada flight, and I'm I got my noise canceling headphones on, and I'm laughing out loud, and people are staring at me, and I don't give two fucks. <laughs> I just started like it's weird because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan, but I just started watching Curb, um, just like maybe a couple months ago, wow. from like season one onwards, and I knew the the show was for me episode one. When the opening joke is a boner joke, and I'm just like, God, that's this is gonna be good. This is gonna be a great series. <laughs> so funny. It, it, but the I mean, last season has some fucking good gooders. But he's George though. He just wrote Larry David into George George's character. Like if you watch Curb, it's just except George. for he's but he's not a loser. He's not exactly. He's 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 a successful. He's asshole. cynical. He's a cynical asshole. Like there's a, a in he the, has the same. Is it neuroses? Neuroses. He puts a mega hat on just so that people won't talk to him yes. at restaurants and stuff. Or, like, you know, like, it's like. <laughs> That's, but like, George would come up with an idea like that. It's just, totally. he can pull it off. Uh, I, well, he has the same, is it neuroses? Is that the word? He has the same yeah. neuroses that George says. Everything that George worries about, Larry David also worries about, but to, you yeah. know, and a that's different why- level. You know, I could I could see Larry David and Seinfeld writing those episodes and coming up, you know, when they were writing Seinfeld. <laughs> the the show that I it's so I, I'm just gonna mention it because Beef is really in. good. Louis Dreyfus, oh, little Seinfeld, so a little good. Seinfeld tie in the, there too. The ensemble cast in that is so fucking funny. Like, there's so many funny characters that play on that. Oh yeah. What's what's her uh, what's the guy from Arrested Development that's in Veep that pays her uh, like oh, assistant who's um, like always carrying her bag oh, around and like yeah uh, I can't remember his he's name. so his fucking char- good character so he's good. so good somebody in get it. a point come on uh, what's his character's name in Arrested Development that's come up with that Roo 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 no Roo, gets his arm bitten off by the dolphin yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he has sex with Liza Minnelli <laughs> Liza Minnelli's is- <laughs> Right. What? They get married. That's right. They get married. <laughs> Buster, Buster, Buster. Buster. There it is. Yeah. Mark gets a point. Uh, he's so good in that. There's the tall, fucking goofy guy that that ends up running later on. I don't even know all the characters' names. If you watch it, there's the fucking black dude that that comes in later on. That's like the deadpan face, but he's so fucking funny. He's like in the last season of Veep. I don't know if you watched. Oh, it, but he's in. Uh, he's he becomes in like the mayor World. of. He becomes the mayor of that one town and just hangs out. He kills the horse and he takes over. It's isn't, so isn't he in Tomorrow War? Yes, he is. Yeah, he's, he's the in guy, Tomorrow he's War. He's the guy who's he's so good. Sam yeah. Richardson. Oh, he's so funny. I'm betting they're all good. Is that him? Yes. Okay. So funny. Not it. Like everything, I even even if I try something on HBO and I'm like, yeah, I don't like it. I could see it being good. It's just not for me, right? Like it's. It's going to be long. It's going to take a, a minute to get into it. Um, but just for another character-driven show before we get to somewhat of a vote here, it was in treatment that I was talking about. Oh, oh with uh, Gabriel Byrne? Gabriel Byrne, yeah. yeah. So I never watched that show. 28, 34 episodes a season. It's Jesus. Not, How many seasons? I know. Uh, five? Four? Oh, my gosh. So first episode is Monday with Gabriel Byrne, who's a therapist. So you get judy on monday i don't know her name tuesday you get sam and rachel mm. wednesday you get joe thursday you get a 16 year old kid friday gabriel burn therapists goes to see his therapist to bitch about his <laughs> his patients but what you get is every monday on like when the show aired every monday was the same two people every tuesday was uh, the same two people so if you were to start the show on a monday and then follow it through for a whole week and go to the next Monday, you'd be back in session with 
the first girl. Oh, that's cool. It's 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 a drama. It's really slow, but it's a great lesson in writing a character and getting to know somebody. Is it slow? Is it is a good character development like Succession? No, Succession has action points. All you are is a, mm-hmm. it, this is a one shot show. You're in a you're in a therapist office, so you don't. I don't know get, if I'd be. I don't know if I'd be into that. It's 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 all about the story. Is it's it very? It's very dialogue driven. It's very dialogue driven. Mm-hmm. Very dialogue driven. There's so Succession though. So Succession, but you've got a story, and you've also got Adam McKay doing succession like the will ferrell adam mckay comedy duo where they're like let's make a drama but we'll we'll write it and everything just works with Mm -hmm. success fuck succession is good so is true blood i started true blood did you watch true blood martin uh i you know what the later seasons i wasn't a huge fan of um but like the first few were were amazing like it was like that's i liked it too because this came out after twilight and i'm like okay this is what vampires should be right Totally. It was gory. It was in your face. It was, yeah. It, it, did anybody it, watch Six Feet Under? I did. There was I never did. Fucking Dexter good. before he was Dexter. Yeah. Martin, did you say you did? No, I did not. Oh, okay. Um, please do it. Please, please do it. If you if you were taken on a journey in Leftovers, the story in Six Feet Under, mm-hmm. it's a, it's an L.A. funeral. Uh, it's an L.A. It's, funeral It's home. heavy. The show's How heavy. many uh, seasons? Six. Is it six? six? Yeah. It's was it 10, 10, 10 per or 13? 10 or 13. So it, it starts around the 13 mark, and then I think they, they start to trim it a little bit. Uh, but it's about a family in an L.A. funeral home, and the father dies. The oldest, oldest son moves home. Old, exactly. It's 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 a, a, a tale of a family getting through uh, a death. Maybe and, I'll watch episode one after this show. But here's the cool thing. Each episode, it starts with a death. Like some sort mm-hmm. of weird traumatic death. Oh. That death is then the, the the body that the funeral home has to take care of, and then their story kind of kicks into it. But yeah, no, Mark, that's a good point. It's very good. Like it, very melancholy, very not depressing, like not requiem for a dream, depressing, but like not uplifting. But they tackle some like for its time when it was out. Yeah, it was very progressive. Right? Like uh like interracial homosexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Very like, much so. Like where else do you see stuff like that? With children, mind yeah, you, right? right? Yeah. Adopted children in an interracial homosexual relationship. At that era, right? Mid 2000s. Yeah. And Yeah, where they, that wouldn't that there's no way that would be on network TV ever. No, no, unfortunately not. But good on you HBO for doing that. Uh, anything else before we kind of wrap it up? Is there is there anything else that we kind of wanted to poke two cents at? Or, I mean, I'm sure we could. Samantha, <laughs> no, <I'm just> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. In honor of because, Mike, you're so Charlotte. Yeah, hang on, hang on. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to do it where I didn't end up. I hate to admit it, but I've seen Sex in the City. I'm not a fucking smart lawyer. I'm Charlotte, man. I'm up in the clouds. I'm flighty as shit. No, I'm. I'm the Kim Cattrall. That's I think that goes without saying. Are you are you that slutty? I'm a little bit slutty and wild. (laughs) (laughs) Said by everybody who's slutty and wild. (laughs) Well, uh, gentlemen, let's top this off with let's figure out. Can we can we organize our top four in order here or do we just we just want to leave them like I mean, Mark hasn't seen everything, so it's kind of hard to. Yeah, I think we can't really do that if Mark hasn't seen it. I mean, the one we didn't talk about, it might be the best drama of uh, Sopranos. Yep. (laughs) Right. May be the all-time king, but we didn't talk about we it because of, it's too we, obvious. We kind of excluded it because yeah. it was yeah. too, it's too obvious. It, that's really the show that made HBO what it is today. Yeah. 
and it really solidified it and made that was the monumental move That's where it switch, went from yeah. boxing some made for tv movies and stand-up comedy to powerhouse golden age of tv i com i completely agree that's the transition period that's like hey we're over here we're making good shit yeah um and i think everybody like, did the, didn't the creators one of the creators of sopranos isn't he the one that created mad men or, yes and breaking bad they're all related yeah yeah there's a relation there somehow i just i i think giving... no it was mad men and then hbo passed on mad men and amc was like we're gonna take that and then that, then amc became more than just showing reruns of old movies from the 80s. You're yeah, there's that that's exactly yeah. the way it went. I just think it was the first time somebody gave a crime boss a personality. Totally. And depth, right? Like it was And the fact that he was seeing a shrink and yeah. like yeah. that was like him exposing his Well, not personality, but they made him human, which is the thing. And like, you know, he would go do these like he would kill somebody and then all of a sudden I'm going to have dinner with my family and talk about my day and I'm like that wait a minute like how does that even fit in the same scene so you know? so but yeah no you're you're right mark like it i, I think it is the the golden yeah. and it gave and it gave a whole bunch of guys that were like you know secondary actors and goodfellas a second <laughs> lease on, on their action. michael imperioli was yeah. spider oh. yeah. he was good <laughs> love him he's great i love i love when him and What's his face going to the woods? They get lost. The Pine Barrens. That's the best episode. I think that's the best episode there is. That one. And so funny. I love the geese. The running joke with the geese and yeah. Tony, and he hopes they come back. And it it and like, okay, hang on. For let, let's end this right. If we fade to black, did we fade to black just like Tony? Did Tony die, Mark? I don't know. You think Tony? Who came into the diner? Well, as I remember the scene. He went to the washroom, sat down at the table. Then that a guy came in, sat down, looked over his shoulder, went to the washroom, came back, fade to black. So I assumed that they whacked Tony, but the fucking rule is you never whack him when the family's around. Yeah. Here, here, let's throw something else out. His health had always been an issue. Maybe at that exact moment, that's when he died. He just died. Had a heart attack? Heart attack, had I like a stroke, that. had an aneurysm. Who knows? I don't like Tony being gunned down in front of his family. I don't I, think he was. I, yeah. think, I think something else happened, and it was just the coincidence of the situation, or it was the stressfulness of him worrying about getting whacked that actually caused it all to occur in front uh, of his family. But talk about a way to end something you didn't know how to end. Like, Game of Thrones could have fucking <laughs> something. Well, it's like, <laughs> oh. Take a fucking oh, lesson <laughs> out of that book. Do we have a precedence to live up to? Perhaps, because HBO has done such a good job with all these other shows. If you don't know how you're going to end, then let give us something that we can, like, talk about. Totally. Right? Like, is there anything at Game of Thrones like, oh, where did Jago take fucking Daenerys? Like, is that, there's no... Yeah, Cersei died under the castle. Yeah. And... That was one of the most unsatisfying deaths ever. Bran yeah. gets like... the throne? Are you kidding me? Nobody gives a shit about Bran. You know what the, my favorite part of the of the whole end was, though? Is that I found out that Hodar stood for <laughs> hold the door. Hold the door. I'm blown. Uh, yeah, I was. I was Anyways. like, oh, that makes sense. Uh, I, so Sorry, I, just say, I waited seven seasons for Cersei Lannister to get hit by a rock. Like that's how she dies. Come no, on. We waited seven seasons to learn that Hodar stands for. Hold how long the door. did we that's wait for Jamie to to actually like make his character development and do the right thing, and then he doesn't? Right. Do you that think was, Jamie tried to jerk bigger... off with his golden hand? Right. Yeah. Of course. I would. Okay. I would too, Martin. In the end, he I thought he was going to kill Cersei. Yeah. He he bitched out. No, I was... I, I don't was... think he would ever kill his sister, though. Yeah. The, the, the connection as being twins is too strong. 
I yeah, mean, that, that was the that was the that was the well that was the whole lesson that Eamon Tegan gives you. Like you never fall in love because the power of love is the killer of duty and honor, and duty and honor dictates that you have to kill your sister because she's destroying the realm. But he loved her so much that he couldn't do it, so he had his blinders on. And yet John was able to kill Daenerys. Was she a crazy bitch? She but John was John was always on board with duty and honor, even even with Egret. Like no matter what. Yeah. he was always on board and i think he i can't remember i think he's the one who kills her in the book like in the book he legit shoots an arrow through her it's not another dude in the book she dies by his hands isn't it no no she dies no he she gets shot with an arrow and she dies in his hands just like in the in the i'm pretty but sure. i thought it, the arrow was the one he was the one who shot her i can't remember i thought it, it was him who shot her well put it in the comic sections if you remember better what happens yeah. in the book yeah no i was just gonna if say you're still with us after all of this yeah, yeah if you are let's vote yeah. yeah, let's vote. Okay, so uh, number one, Martin, what's your pick? Sure, uh, I gotta go with the wire, just because the wire is such a like. If we're if we're doing the drama, the wire. I mean, it's it's the wire. Yeah. No, <laughs> picks, I mean, like Rob said, this isn't top to bottom list of HBO. This is just our top four. Yeah. Mark, I haven't seen the wire, and I'm gonna pick the wire. I like that. You know, just from what I know of pop culture and the references mm. and the actors and the the lore wire rob is it tacky if i choose my own no nope. no it's not oh. didn't have that in this you like, know you, you, it's just like like westworld is very good the leftovers is very very good but i think to, to mark's point it doesn't it doesn't have this it's not synonymous in culture as being this show that is a linchpin to not only the network that created it, but also to the entire genre. Yeah. And, but honestly, there is something to be said about Game of Thrones. And, you know, aside from like the last three seasons going downhill, us having all those issues with the final season, being mad at George R. Martin, the thing that I love so much about Game of Thrones is that it has created the second golden age of television yep. in that TV now is almost eclipsing movies yeah. in budget yeah. and scale and scope, and it's actually taking some of these novels that I read in the in the in my teens and my twenties and actually bringing them to fruition. And I'm like a giddy kid in the school in a candy store, but I still have to choose wire. Like, do you think without <laughs> without Thrones that Disney Plus would have gone as full bore into their series as they did i think nope. i think to, I, I think to all. a degree but not to the not to the full on neither would also wheel of time wouldn't be wouldn't have been made these this new lord of the Rings series wouldn't have come to fruition game i don't of think Thrones, mandalorian would have been made no i think game of thrones yeah. really opened the door to big budget tv series yeah and that money could be made off of it yeah because prior I... to that the biggest show would have maybe been something like lost yeah, no, it would have been network. It wouldn't have been cable for sure. I, I, I wire two. How I'm many people bought it. HBO every year just for the HBO when the run of Game of Thrones was on? And I did. Yeah, so they, many. Yeah, I think their viewership doubled during that time period. Don't and quote it's the me on most, that, but it, it was the most downloaded TV show every year. It was on. Like mm-hmm. it, it whenever the and torrent and wars were talking about. And its DVD sales it. were unprecedented when DVD sales were on a decline. Yeah. I got HBO just so I could watch it live because waiting a couple hours to download it, I I, I would get it. Like, I couldn't wait those yeah, extra hurts couple in the, hours. It hurts in the dick. I totally <laughs> yeah. get it. Yeah, I wouldn't want to wait either. <laughs> no, I fuck. Like, and as social media has become more what it is, you're like, no. Yeah, you can't not know what happens. Embargo. 48-hour embargo or don't go online. Uh, yeah, okay, so number one. The I wire. still argue you can watch 
wires close, but Game of Thrones you can rewatch over and over again. You the can. first few seasons, it's got staying power. The, the, I, I'd say the wire is rewatchable, but maybe not rebingeable because I think it's so intense. You could you could watch like a half a season or a season, and then you almost need a little bit of a break before you watch the next one. You do. Whereas yeah. Game of Thrones, I could think you could do go back to back to back on like a crystal meth binge and like just like plow through four seasons. I went through like Whoa, three I got seasons. No reaction in, to that. Okay. I I went through three seasons in a week because we were snowed in. I just agree with you. <laughs> I got snowed in in a fucking snowstorm and did three seasons of Game of Thrones. Wow. Yeah. I rewatched it recently, like the from up. I didn't watch six and seven, but I rewatched everything up to like season. Can I be honest, end of season five. I wish I had the time to do that. <laughs> I just background it, man. Like when I'm cleaning the house, it's on. Like it's it's just one of those shows where I'm like, I can't think of. Something I listen to podcasts when I'm cleaning. Yeah. I guess it away. I uh okay. All right. One. Wire. The wire. Two. I will go next. Uh I'm gonna vote oh, first. Last world. It's Westworld. I know it's tacky to pick your own, but we didn't make that rule this week. Only because it's <laughs> it's it's so fucking it's it's talking about a thing right now that like the no way he picked Westworld over Game of Thrones. <sighs> I think you could choose Westworld as your second pick in three more years once we have a couple more seasons. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't tell me what I can't do with my pick. <laughs> because unlike unlike How all dare you. Unlike all these other series, Westworld is still mid series It is, yeah. To, to you take, don't have a finished product it, yet. It could go to total shit. Gentlemen, what if the next three seasons are so bad you hate yourself? Gentlemen, remove your dicks from my ass. I agree with you. <laughs> so we can all agree. The Wire, Game of Thrones, <laughs> yes. Leftovers, Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, took us an hour and a half to get here, but... Uh, uh, two and a half hours. Two and a half, yeah. <laughs> it felt like an hour and a half. It was so much fun. I like that. That's a great list. All right, cool. Awesome. But watch Westworld because it's fucking awesome. Yeah, watch it. Like, if don't, you're gonna... don't listen to me, though, because I haven't seen the whole thing. Watch any of the shows. They're all really good that we recommended today. HBO, better than any other service, consistently great product. And not – they didn't make shows that we wanted. They gave us shows, and then we fell in love with them. They gave us shows we needed. Right? We because you didn't know that you fucking wanted to watch like Game of Thrones. No. Oh, I did. <laughs> I did for sure. Yeah, you're the fantasy guys, right? But I mean, there's so many shows that you're like, out of nowhere, you didn't think you wanted, and then uh, and then you're pleasantly surprised. I agree. I concur, Doctor. Well, ladies and more gentlemen, more shows HBO. Do you concur, Doctor? I concur, Doctor. Catch me if you can, ladies and gentlemen. That has been another real debaters production. We could go down a rabbit hole for you with more HBO stuff, which we'll probably do another follow up to this and figure out something for netflix and something for prime again we were stretching our legs with this one so uh ladies and gentlemen if you want to find more out more out if you want to find more about us uh head to the real that's where you can subscribe only right now we still have yet to have a fun website but if you want to figure out where you can platformless yeah well not we have a place it's just like subscribe and that's it and like one bar to put all of our names but maybe that's what we need but anyways it's at the real debaters.ca in the show notes you can find out where you can subscribe to the show as well or you can follow us on social media check us out on youtube under real debaters spelling r-e-e-l for all of this shit there's some web reviews there for you to laugh at uh we took a break just for the summer i think with those they'll be coming back up in the fall uh if you want to buy our shit the prop shop what do they sell there rob skateboards so many skateboards what else do they sell there mark 
uh, great hoodies. Yeah. Actually, the T-shirt that I put down on top of your chair there when you yeah. first sat down, that's your second one that we got by accident. So now you have two. What? Yeah. Ooh. Why did you get a second one? I didn't. Accident? They Remember they sent the first batch and it got lost oh, in yeah. transit? And then they sent us the second batch? Oh. That's your second shirt that you didn't pay for. It was just free. Oh, well, then. So there you go. If it's free, it's <laughs> oh. for me. Yeah. Well, it's 2XL. If, uh, anyways, uh, go to the prop shop. It's in the message. It's in the episode notes down there. Click on it. You can see all of our stuff, specifically skateboards. First person to send us an email that they pr- proof that they bought a skateboard. We'll, de- we'll dedicate a show to you. We've been saying this for weeks. Somebody just buy a fucking skateboard. I don't even care if you send it back. It's not my website. Uh, <laughs> like, and uh, if you want to follow us online, at Real Debaters, R-E-E-L, for Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Real Debaters on Facebook. That's that. Uh, Martin, let me know. Uh, I'll get back to you when this episode drops and we can put out whatever shows you're doing at that time so people can know where to find your funny ass on stage in Vancouver. Um, I got nothing else for you. I've been Michael Petro. I'm Rob Strachan. Jamie Lannister. I have been Sir Arthur Dane, the sword of the morning. (laughs) Watch all the movies, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for another week. Bye-bye. Woo! Oh, should I watch uh, Six Feet Under or should I watch Formula One? Formula One. Okay, I'm going to get out of here, guys. I got to go. Yeah, I got to go too. Good night. Good night.